This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey guys, how's it going? I hope you're having a great start to the week. I am back in business. I just got back from Japan on Tuesday last night and man, it was fun. It was a good trip. I'm really excited to share more about the trip with you guys at another point. But today I'm really excited about what we're talking about. We're talking about how to talk to your parents about money. I know that talking to your parents about money can feel really awkward. I always love that Dave Ramsey quote about once somebody powders your butt, they're not interested in your financial advice. And I think it's really quite true in some cases. But do keep in mind that giving advice and talking with your parents are two very, very different things. But it's something that we have to do. Now, to be very clear, I'm not an expert in talking to your parents about money. In fact, this is something that after this conversation with our guest, it made me realize that I needed to step up in my own life and become better at this in my own area too, because it's just, it's hard. I mean, I think you know that too. So that's why I'm really excited to bring on Cameron Huddleston, because she's an expert in talking about money with our parents. And it's really important stuff. So before I dive into all of the things that you're going to learn from today's episode, I have to share with you a really great money win. This money win comes from Mary. Mary said, messed around in YNAB. YNAB, if you haven't heard of that, is you need a budget budgeting software. It's really awesome. Messed around with YNAB this weekend. Realized I could easily throw $3,500 at my car loan and knock it out three years early. I mean, I had planned to halfway into the loan into 2020 anyway but still. So I did. I turned 30 on December 7th. Oh, happy birthday coming up. Giving myself a debt-free birthday. Hashtag money win. Mary, I am so excited for you. I want to hug you through the computer. This is incredible. I'm so proud of you and all of your awesome hard work. I know how much you've been sacrificing and how much you've been hustling. And I think it's so inspiring to see that you're going to be completely debt-free for your 30th birthday. Congratulations. That's huge. And that's such a milestone. And we are all celebrating with you. Guys, if you want to share your money win too, I would love to hear what you're up to. All the cool things that you're doing that maybe you feel a little awkward bragging about it to your friends and family. I love to hear it. And so does everybody in this community. So make sure you share your money ones with me on Instagram in the private Facebook group, Manage Your Money Like a Boss, or you can even send me an email. I can be reached 
at Whitney at WhitneyHanson.com. And that's where you can send me all of the fun things that you're up to so I can shout out you and all of your hard work as well. All right, let's dive into today's guest. Cameron Huddleston is the author of an incredible book called Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have Essential Conversations with Your Parents About Their Finances. She's an award-winning journalist with more than 17 years of experience writing about personal finance. She has gone through a lot in her own financial life, especially talking with her own parents about money. And so she brings a really authentic perspective that I appreciated in this conversation. Here's what you're going to learn. We're going to learn why Cameron thinks talking about money is considered taboo, where that actually comes from. We talk about when we need to have those financial conversations with our parents, and more importantly, the tips to starting that conversation so it doesn't lead to arguments and resentment. We talk about the most important things to ask your parents during this conversation, how to balance that parental involvement with other siblings and giving everybody a voice. We talk about prioritizing your finances and your parents' finances, how to maintain objectivity and a good mental health while having these conversations, and navigating retirement care with your parents. This is such a critical, critical conversation to be a part of. Even if you're not going to be the caregiver for your parents, you need to know this stuff. So I am stoked. And also do me the biggest favor. If you're listening to this episode and you're thinking of somebody, send them this episode immediately so it can help them too. Because the more people that hear this message, the better off our world's going to be. All right, guys, I am stoked to introduce you to my friend Cameron Huddleston. Okay, you guys know I'm a big fan of education, but sometimes it comes with a lot of debt that can follow you around for years. That's why I'm excited to introduce you to today's sponsor, Outlier.org. Outlier was started by the co-founder of Masterclass, and they offer beautiful four-credit online courses. The two classes that they're currently offering are Calculus 1 and Intro to Psychology. You get the flexibility of an online course with a super high production value. The courses are for credit, so they'll transfer to your university and... It's way cheaper than taking a normal college course through your university. If you have prerequisite courses that you have to take for your major, which let's be real, we all do, this is a great way to knock those out. Classes start on January 13th for their spring semester. You can learn more or register at outlier.org. Again, that is at outlier.org. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to be talking about a very difficult conversation, and that is talking about money with your parents. Cameron, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thanks so much for having me here. I am stoked to dive into this topic with you because I have so many questions personally about how to approach this. It's it's a very delicate topic. So I'm really stoked about this. So tell us a little bit about how do you introduce yourself to strangers? Give us the the little 30,000 foot view. (laughs) You know, I I think certainly it depends on the stranger, but I would say for the purposes of this podcast that I am an award-winning journalist and I've been writing about personal finance for more than 17 years and now I am the author of a book called Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, How to Have Essential Conversations with Your Parents About Their Finances. I love, love, love this. Okay, so you've been in journalism for quite some time. How did you get into that first and foremost? I was a journalism major in college. I knew Mm. I wanted to be a journalist from the get-go. I had no idea, though, that I would end up in personal finance journalism. That that just sort of happened along the way. I was a general assignment reporter for a newspaper, moved to D.C. While I was there, I ended up 
writing for Dow Jones Newswires as a business reporter and then decided to get my master's in economic journalism. But then I graduated into what was the start of the 2001-2002 recession mm-hmm. and no one was hiring. No one, I couldn't get my job back at Dow Jones. No one else was hiring. But Kiplinger's Personal Finance magazine was hiring an editor for its website. I didn't have experience writing for the web. I certainly didn't have any experience writing about personal finance, but they took a chance on me. And that was my start in the world of personal finance. And I've been doing it ever since. That's incredible. What is the difference between writing on the web or writing for print publications? Honestly, there's not a huge difference. You know, the you know, I think now as it has evolved and I've really been involved with it since the beginning and because I've been doing it so long, I don't think so much about the difference, but certainly I can look at it and say, um, you know, when you're writing for the web, it has to be, it has to be a lot more scannable. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense, you want to have, you want to have more white space. You want to have more bold text. You want to have things that pop out at people and draw their attention in, um, And the nice thing about writing for the web is you can have links to things you or other people in your publication have written in the past. And so you don't have to necessarily provide as much detail like background information. You can provide a link to something that explains it in more detail, which is awesome as a journalist. That is cool. So I'm sure there's a big backstory there, but tell us a little bit about how was money talked about when you were a kid? (laughs) I am from the South. I still live in the South and I was raised not to talk about money. Ah. My dad, my dad said, you don't talk about money. It's impolite. And he didn't talk much about money. My, my mother didn't treat it as much of a taboo topic. And it's funny because my mother came from a a relatively wealthy family, Mm -hmm. but she didn't treat money as a taboo topic. In fact, she was, she was pretty frugal. And I was learning about money actually by watching her, my experience with her. She was a stay-at-home mom, so, you know, we had to go with her to the grocery sometimes, you know, and she made a lot of the spending decisions if we would get to buy new clothes, that sort of thing. And I watched her be smart with money, being, you know, be, be like, I mean, she made things. She learned, she knew how to sew, so she would make clothing for us. And oh, she wow. would. Yes. Yes. She made my prom dresses. They were beautiful. Um, That's so cool. Yes. Yes. And I could choose whatever design I wanted. So I learned a lot from my mom by watching her be smart with money. I had a different lesson from my dad, though, even though he didn't want to talk about money. He, I think, was very concerned about how other people saw him. And I watched him spend money to impress other people. He always had a nice car. We had a nice home. He told me that I could go to whatever college I wanted to and he would pay for it. And I think he ended up in debt because of that. And I say, I think, because again, we didn't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't talk about, it. I knew he took out student loans. I knew he took out a loan, one loan in my name. It wasn't a big one. Um, you know, so I got a lot of mixed messages and, and I've had to overcome those as an adult. Like I fight with that whole internal, I need to keep up with the Joneses totally. mentality because that's what I was raised believing. And I, and I struggle with it. And I tell my kids, I've been teaching them, you know, you know you're not going to have everything that everyone else has. And that's okay because you have a lot. That's so great. I love that. I fun. think that's uh, very relatable. It seems like money tab- is so taboo in the U.S. And I've heard other countries it's much better. But you've been writing about this stuff for a while. Do you have any inkling on why it's so taboo to talk about money here in the States? You know, I don't think it's just here, though. Really? Like, I really don't. Because my husband is a foreigner. He's from Ukraine. And 
they can be weird about money too. I, you <laughs> know, here's, about it. <laughs> here's the big difference though. Here's what, and this is what I noticed, um, you know, the difference between my husband's family, which is in Ukraine and here, people are more willing to talk about how they spend their money and how much things cost. How much does that cost? Which is something my dad always told me, don't ask that people how much it costs. <laughs> I have no problem asking people that, Same. but people sometimes are put off by it. I think the reason that it's so taboo is because there's a lot of shame around money. Mm-hmm. You know, you are embarrassed if you make more and you're embarrassed if you make less. And so if people are asking you, of course, how much money do you make or how much did that cost? Yep. And you have to say, oh, this costs, you know, a lot. Then the person you're talking to might not be making much money and you might feel like you're bragging. Or so if you're like, oh, my gosh, I got such a good deal on this. It was 50 percent off. You're afraid the person might say, oh, look at you, tight one. <laughs> <laughs> this is me. I'm the second one. I'm like, oh. right, right. <laughs> I know, you know, but I find at least talking to a lot of my friends, you know, we're happy to talk about the deals we got. And the funny thing is, is that the friends of mine who are, who have more money are much tighter with their money. Mm. Like they are very careful about how they spend their money and they're not going to spend more than they have to, which I think plays into why they are doing well financially because they're careful about how they spend their money and they don't have a problem telling you, yeah, I got a good deal on this. You know, why buy something new when I can fix what I have it's and so spend true. less? So, so true. I love it. I think that's it's a really good segue into this topic of talking with your parents about money because a lot of our money conversations and our beliefs and our values come directly from what was modeled to us as kids. And so it's interesting to see how that's affected you today. But at what point do we actually need to have a conversation with our parents about money? Like, do we have to do this? It's a really uncomfortable conversation. Can we just maybe skip it? (laughs) (laughs) You can skip it, but I tell you what, you're going to be the one to pay for it. Mm. Honestly, you as the child, we will be paying for it. And I know you might think, well, my parents' finances are none of my business. Yeah. Guess what? Guess what? they likely will be your business because you will probably have to get involved in your parents' financial lives as they age. And even if you don't have to get involved in a caregiving role or they might need your help financially, everyone dies. Mm -hmm. And so you have to deal with what they leave behind. So you will be involved with your parents' finances one way or the other. They are your business. And the more you know about your parents' finances, the easier it's going to be for you to step in and help if they need it, the easier it's going to be when they die, if everything is in place for a smooth transition and you don't have to deal with that financial stress on top of the emotional stress you're dealing with. So yes, you do need to have this conversation. It might seem tough, but it's going to make things easier down the road. But I get it. I mean, it's it's awkward. You know, who wants to say, you know, to their parents, let's talk about your finances, because you might have been raised like I was not to talk about money. Um, as far as when to do it, sooner is better than later. Like if you are in your 20s, it's not too early to be having this conversation. Good to know. So what What do you, how do we, I mean, is this like, let's go to dinner and talk about money? Or how do you even like structure the setting for this conversation? <laughs> Fortunately, there are a lot of different ways you can start the conversation without it being too awkward. So Mm -hmm. let's say you are in your 20s. A very natural way 
to do this is to ask your parents for advice. Because what do parents love to do? Give their kids advice. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so if you're starting out, you can say, hey, mom and dad, I just got this new job. I can participate in the retirement account there. Should I do it? And your parents' answers are going to give you a clue into their own retirement planning. They might say, I never had to worry about saving for retirement because I have a pension. And then you say, woohoo, (laughs) that's really good to hear. Or they might say, yes, start saving now. I wish I had saved earlier because now I'm having to play catch up. And then you let the conversation go from there. Oh, really? You know what? you know, what's your retirement going to look like? What are you counting on social security? Are you, are you trying to save more now? Have you met with a financial planner? Mm -hmm. Letting the conversation go from there or, you know, Hey, I just got married. Do I need life insurance? Do I need a will? And again, their response is going to give you insight into what they've done. Now, if you are in your thirties, your forties, asking your parents for advice, might not be such a natural way to start the conversation. You're old enough that you you should, if you ask them for advice, it might seem a little bit awkward. So in that case, you can talk about your own experience. Maybe you have met with an attorney to draft a will and a power of attorney and another state planning documents. You can talk about that experience. You can talk about maybe you've met with a financial planner or maybe you got online and you used a retirement calculator to figure out how much you needed to save, you can say, you know, hey, I did these things. It was so helpful for me. Um, Have you done this too? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, hey, let me recommend my attorney to you. Let let me recommend this financial planner to you, this financial coach. Um, You can use an experience. uh, um, You know, perhaps you have a friend who has had a parent die without a will. And you can talk about how hard it was for that friend and you want to have conversations so that you can get things in, that your parents can get things in place to make it easier. You know, using those life experiences, your own, someone else's story, a podcast you listen to. Hey, I just listened to this <laughs> podcast. This <laughs> I just listened to this podcast. You know, this woman was on there talking about how important it is to have conversations with parents about their finances. You know, mom and dad. Let's let's have a talk. And and the important thing here is to let your parents know whatever approach you use, whatever time you do it, the key here is to let your parents know that you want to have the conversation because you're looking out for their best interests. It's not at all about you and what you're going to get, what they're going to leave you. Mom and dad, I want to get some information in case you ever need my help. You were such great parents. You took such good care of me. I want to turn that, return that favor. And in order to do that, I need some information. We need to make a plan. Letting them know you're looking out for them. Most likely, they're going to see you're having this conversation out of love. And they're not going to get angry. They're not going to think you're being nosy as long as you're very careful about the way you approach it. Now, they might initially balk and say, Oh, you know, wait, hang on a second. Yeah. You know, you want to know about my finances? What? And you can make <laughs> it clear. I don't need to know numbers. That's not what this conversation is about. It's not about how much you have in your bank account, but hey, at least I'd like to know where you bank. Yeah. You know, so that if something happens to you, I'd like to know, you know, how do you pay your bills in case something happens to you? Are you writing a check or is it set up to be paid automatically? And if you're writing a check, why don't you let me help you sign up for, you know, online bill payment? Yep. So, so it's like you're you're hitting so many angles. There's so many brilliant things in there. One of the first things that really stood out was 
the conversation, it's not direct in the sense of, yo, tell me all, all the information, who's your life insurance. Like it, that feels almost attacking to people. And so I love mm-hmm. the delicateness of just going, hey, here's what's going on in my life. What do you think? And you're kind of digging for information there. That is so, so smart, which requires us to have a little bit of a knowledge base too of what kinds of questions should we be asking? So I think the ones you threw out were really awesome. The other piece that really stood out and as you were talking, had me thinking, I'm thinking of the ripple effect here of how many adults and our our parents, we we expect them to have their stuff together, but so many don't. And that ripple effect by you asking those questions could really get them to talk about money as well. And that is such a cool piece. So I think this is all really, really awesome. So if you had to say like maybe top five questions to ask your parents, um, do you have some suggestions of like, what are like the the basics we should at least be covering? Yes. So if, if you can find out like only one thing, This is the most important thing you need to find out, whether your parents have estate planning documents, a will, which spells out who gets what when they die, a power of attorney, which is a legal document that lets you name someone to make financial decisions for you if you cannot, and a living will, which is also called an advanced healthcare directive. It lets you spell out what sort of end of life medical treatment you do or do not want? Like, do you want to be on life support? And it lets you name someone to make healthcare decisions for you. The reason that these documents are so, so important is because they have to be drafted and signed while you are mentally competent. Mm. So, and, and I would say the power of attorney and the living will, those are even more important because say mom and dad are in a car accident and you know, mom is in a coma and there is no power of attorney and there is no living will. And you and your siblings are fighting and, and dad even are fighting over, do we keep mom on life support? You know, if, if she had had a living will, that decision wouldn't be up to you and other family members, you know, and those type of things end up in court, the power of attorney. And I'll give my own example. I, one of the reasons I wrote my book is because my mother has Alzheimer's disease and I wish I had had conversations with her, detailed conversations with her about her finances before she started having memory issues. We did get in to meet with an attorney while she was still competent enough to sign those documents. If she had not named me power of attorney while she was still competent, I would not have been able to step in and take over her finances for her. I would have had to go through court mm. and spend months and thousands of dollars basically proving my mom was no longer competent enough to manage her money to be named conservator for her. Yes. Wow. And so, you know, no one wants to end up in a situation like that. And I don't think people realize, you know, I don't think a lot of people don't even know what a power of attorney is. And mm-hmm. so I don't think your parents might not even realize that if something were to happen to them and they were in the hospital, you couldn't go to their bank and say, hey, mom's in the hospital. I need to write checks for her to make sure her mortgage gets paid, to make sure her electricity bill gets paid. The bank's not going to let you if you're not power of attorney or, you know, if your sibling's not power of attorney or, you know, someone else hasn't been named power of attorney. So you want to find out if they have these documents. Start there. You know, like I mentioned already, you know, finding out how do they pay their bills? Because this goes into those emergency situations and making sure there's a way that the bills are paid. And so, you know, do you write a check? Is it set up for automatic bill pay? Do you have, have you, do you have that power of attorney, someone who can sign the checks for you? 
And then from there, you can go a couple different directions. You know, if your parents are reluctant to talk to you, talk about big picture issues. You know, mom and dad, what does retirement look like for you? You know, just to kind of get a clue as to where they stand financially, you know, they might say, I don't think I'm ever going to retire because I don't have enough money saved. Or they might say, you know, I've been meeting with a financial planner and I have this plan. That's great. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about your plan? Getting, you know, talking about the big picture can kind of ease your way into the conversation. But the more information you can get, the better. If you can get them to tell you what sort of insurance policies they have, what sort of sources of income they have, you know, do they have mortgage debt? Do they have credit card debt? Are they still paying for your student loans? Mm -hmm. It's important to get that information. It's also important to, you know, find out, this is so important, do they have a long-term care plan? Do they have a way to pay for long-term care? And of course, a lot of us would like to think we're never going to need long-term care, which is the care you would get either, you know, in an assisted living facility, a nursing home, because you can no longer take care of yourself, or from an in-home caregiver, which can be a family member. You know, and and long-term care is so expensive. My mother is in an assisted living facility, and um, we pay $4,500 a month, and that's average. Oh, wow. $4,500. That's average. Oh. That's that's average. Yeah. Ouch. So you can end up paying, and she's in a special memory care facility. Nursing homes, private rooms are even more expensive. Medicare does not pay for long-term care. Oh, no So if your parents... No. So if your parents think, well, I don't have to worry about it. Medicare is going to pay for it. No, it will not. Wow. It will not. If you have a stroke and have to go into a nursing home for a short-term rehabilitation, it will pay for that. But it's not going to pay for that type of long-term care that you're going to need if you have dementia, Alzheimer's, you know, you are bound to a wheelchair and you need help bathing and dressing and eating. It's not going to pay for that sort of care. Medicaid will, but only in Medicaid-approved facilities nursing homes, not typically assisted living facilities. And that's only if you have very limited assets. So having that conversation with your parents, do you have a plan for this? Because, you know, I, from what I've heard, long-term care is really expensive and Medicare doesn't pay for it. You know, and I I do have a whole chapter like covering long-term care and everything you need to know about it and who pays for it and, and Medicare and Medicaid and long-term care insurance, which is the Long-term care insurance will pay for long-term care. It's expensive, though, and a lot of people don't have it. If your parents are still in their 50s or early 60s and they're in good health, they um, they can probably still get a pretty good rate yeah. on a long-term care insurance policy. There are other options. You can get life insurance with a long-term care benefit. You can just save for it. Yeah. But if they don't have a lot of resources, there's a good chance that you could be your parents' long-term care plan. that's, that's going to affect you financially. And you need to know that, you know, if you're, if you're in your thirties, say, you know, and, and your parents are in their fifties or sixties and they have no long-term care plan, you need to be thinking and maybe talking to your siblings, you know, mom and dad, if something happens to them, they have no way to pay for long-term care. That means they're going to count on us and maybe you're doing okay financially. And so maybe you and your siblings say, Maybe we should pay for their long-term care insurance, or maybe we should start saving, or maybe, you know, maybe, you know, if we think we're going to downsize when our kids go off to college, we shouldn't because mom and dad might have to move with us. Just having the conversations early lets you start planning. 
you know, unless you start thinking about ways to deal with these situations so that you don't have to be reactive. Like with my mother, I had to be reactive. She, you know, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at 65. I was 35. Oh, wow. And, and yes, and I had two young kids. I now have three. And, you know, I thought my mom was going to be there to help me with my own kids. Yeah. I ended up having to help take care of my mother. She did live with me for a while um, before moving her into an assisted living facility for full-time care. Um, but I wish I had, I wish I had talked to her sooner so that I, I could have known what she wanted. I was having to make those decisions for her. That's the tough part. I think it is is that guilt that comes with like, I hope I'm making the decision that they would want. Right. And so you want, and that's just, that's another thing with these conversations is you let your parents know, I want to know what you want. Mm -hmm. I want to know what sort of care you might want if you ever need it. I want to know, you know, do you have a will so that things are in writing to spell out who gets what? Because I want to know what your wishes are so we can follow them. Yeah, I love this. So immediately I'm thinking these conversations can go one of two ways. It can go really great or it can go really crappy. (laughs) And you're like, oh, damn, they have nothing in place. Um, when you find out, I know a lot of people are going to have these conversations. And they're going to find some really big issues that are scary. What what do they do next? If you find out your parents are maybe in their 50s and they have less than $100,000 for retirement, what's the next step? Like as the, the child, how do we approach that type of conversation too? So you have to be really careful because the point of these conversations is not for you to pass judgment mm-hmm. on your parents and to start advising them because they're not going to want to hear that from their kid. No. At all. Even though you might be a successful financial planner, you know, with a thriving practice and you know a ton about money, they still don't want to hear it from you. No. They don't. And so there are a couple of things that you can do. Certainly, you can suggest your parents meet with a third party. You know, Mom and dad, have you ever thought about meeting with a financial planner? There are plenty of financial planners out there who will charge on an hourly basis. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to spend a lot of money to get a financial plan. They'll look at you. They'll go over, you know, what you have, what sort of debts you have, and they'll help you figure out a plan, you know, so that you can get on track for retirement savings, pay off your debt, whatever. Um, there, There are plenty of resources out there that are that make financial planning more affordable. That's one option. You know, if they have not, if they don't have those estate planning documents, ideally they should meet with an attorney to have these documents customized to their situation. But again, that costs money. Certainly if you can afford it, you might want to offer it to them as a gift. Mom and dad, I'd love to give this as a gift to you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Father's Day. You know, just so that I know what your wishes are. If you're not in a position to do that, there are there are free resources out resources out there. You can get a a free will from a website called Fabric, a free will from a website mm-hmm. called Tomorrow. Um, Trust in Will has um, affordable wills and living trusts that you can get. If um, you need a power of attorney document, you can get affordable versions of those from websites such as nolo.com, legalzoom.com. You can even get a living will oftentimes from your doctor's office. Oh, for crazy. Free. 
Yes. And so they're, they're, and I, I list all these resources in my book. There are resources out there. If you don't have a lot of money, if your parents are really struggling, they can get free or low cost credit counseling through um, the National Foundation of Credit Counselors. They have a, you know, they have counselors as part of their network and you can go onto their website. Lots of resources out there and encouraging your parents perhaps to meet with a third party, not you. The advice doesn't need to necessarily come for you. You can offer them suggestions and, and not so much the, I see you're doing this wrong, but hey, I did this and it helped me. There are, there's some people I interviewed for my book who did that. You know, they talked about their own experience and what they did to save money. You know, just starting with something simple like, here's how I save money on groceries. Yeah. You know, this helped me a lot. You know, here's how I created a meal plan. Would you like me to create some meal plans for you? This is what I did that helped me create a budget and stick to a budget. So cool. Using your own experience as opposed to saying, hey, you're doing this wrong. Let me tell you how to do it right. Because that's nobody likes that. No, no, no one likes that. And that's not going to go over well with your parents. Yeah, no, especially not with parents. It's that that powdered butt syndrome. Once they powder your butt, then they don't want to (laughs) hear advice necessarily. Um, That is very, very true. Okay, so one of the things that I was thinking of is how do you how do you protect yourself? So if you're in a situation, so let's say here's my situation. My mom is a single mom. She's got one child left at home and then he'll be gone in a year. So that's really exciting for her. Um, Six in my family, six siblings. And I see the dynamic and I can see that some of us just live our lives and some of us want to be more involved. And so how do you protect yourself? Because I'm one of those that tends to get really involved, but I don't also want to carry that burden all the time. Do you have any advice for like, how do you divide and conquer with siblings when it's you tend to take more of that leadership role in the family? How do you do that? I think it's so important to talk to your siblings before you even have these conversations with your parents. And the reason I say this is for starters, it's going to help you all get on the same page. Mm-hmm. And you might even if before you even have the conversation before you reach out to your siblings and say, Hey, let's talk, make a list of the things you want to discuss. Yeah. So that you can, you know, cover all the bases and it's going to help you kind of as you make that list, it's going to help you hopefully anticipate some of the reactions they might have. You know, if you say, hey, let's, you know, let's talk about, you know, whether mom should stay in her house or whether we should encourage her to downsize and live in an apartment, you know, and you think, okay, if I say this, I know that my little sister is going to be like, no, we can't sell the family home. That's where we have all of our holidays, you know. Yes. Making that list is going to help you kind of anticipate where the conversation might go. And it's so important when you ask your siblings to sit down and talk that everyone gets a voice. Everyone gets, let them know why you want to have the conversation, you know, but let everyone have a turn to say, okay, we're here to talk about mom in your case Mm -hmm. and how we can talk to her about her finances and how we can start planning so that, you know, she can age comfortably. And so, you know, maybe we can help out if she needs it. You know, we're going to start with you. You know, what do you think is a good way to start the conversation? What do you think is the most important thing we should address? Everyone gets a turn. You, the sibling who's calling the meeting, you go last. You know, you don't want to be looking like you're, if you, especially if you're the oldest sibling who's always kind of been in charge. <laughs> you don't want to look like you're controlling the situation. So right. everyone gets a turn and you're like, okay, so you think this is important. You think this is important and you think this is important. Let's see if we can come up with a compromise. Mm-hmm. What's most important here? are our parents. And so we need to be doing what's what they want, even if what we want might be something different. So trying to come to a compromise before you talk to your parents, figuring out who's going to be the one to initiate it, whether it's one of you 
all of you when you want to do it, what sort of strategy, what sort of conversation starter you're going to use. I will tell you, you don't want to have this conversation over a holiday meal with your your parents. You know, you guys might say, oh my gosh, we're all going to be together over Thanksgiving. We should do it then. No, you should not. At least, at least not during the meal, at least wait until the next day. And, And it doesn't even have to, the conversation doesn't have to happen. Then you just say, hey, mom and dad, we're all here together. We'd love to talk to you about this. We don't need to do it today, but we just want you to know that we we want to have this conversation and let's pick a time when we can do it, when we all don't have to rush through it, when we can, you know, be relaxed. So giving your parents a head up, heads up is really nice. But yeah. going back to that conversation with your siblings, it's important to also discuss what roles you're willing to play. And like you said, some siblings might not want to play any roles. Yeah. Maybe because they they don't live close to mom and dad and they know they can't. They're not good with money. So they're not going to step up and volunteer to be the power of attorney or they don't have a good relationship with mom and dad. And that's okay. You don't want to force anyone into a role that they don't want. But at least they need to know that you want to talk to mom and dad about, dad about their finances. You need to at least keep them updated. Hey, we had the conversation. Um, you know, I know, you know, you don't really want to play an active role, but we're going to let you know, you know, what's going on, especially if you do step in, Um, you know, so kind of deciding those roles. Maybe you live closest so you can do more of the hands on stuff, whereas another sibling might be willing to handle more of the financial side of things. Finding a way to divide up those roles is something you should at least try. Unfortunately, though, it often does fall, tend to fall on one person more than the others. and I mean, I, I handle it all for my mom. I have a sister, but she lives far away, so she can't do it. Right. But at least she's there for me. At least I can pick up the phone and say, can you help me think through this? Do you have any suggestions? Or I can just complain to her and be like, yep. oh my gosh, this has been so difficult. So at least having that support system, even if you're doing more of the work, knowing that your siblings are there to kind of, you know, give you some encouragement. So much sense. Be a shoulder to cry on. Yeah, God, I can imagine everybody's going to need that at some point with aging parents. That's that's a difficult thing to go through emotionally. So yeah, I could see that being the case. Do you have any suggestions for balancing? I mean, I'm, I'm just picturing like you don't want your parents to have a crappy retirement or be in a really awful facility or be in a situation that's not safe for them or you don't feel comfortable with, but at the same time, you do kind of have to look out for your own finances and make sure that you're not passing that same thing on to your kids. How do you balance the financial piece? Do you have any thoughts there? I'm so glad you said that because it is so important that you look out for your own finances. Your finances have to be a priority. You know, if you have a good relationship with your parents, of course, you're going to want to help them out. You know, I think a lot of us feel that it's our responsibility. And, and certainly in some cultures, it is expected yeah. that the children will care for the parents. And in those situations, you, you there really isn't much of an option. I mean, that that is what is expected of you. That is likely the role you are going to have to play. But your finances do have to take priority, especially if you have kids, because you don't want them to end up in a situation like you said, where they're having to sacrifice their financial well-being to take care of you. And so you know, if, if your parents are willing to talk to you, that's great. You start making plans. You start, you know, you might even suggest, hey, mom and dad, maybe it would be a good idea. Um, you know, I, I know you love your house, but, 
you know, it might be easier and you can save a lot of money. And, you know, you talked about not having enough saved for retirement if you move to a smaller house now and put more money into it. Those conversations, you know, you can start talking to them about ways to plan. If your parents don't want to talk and you know they're not going to be doing well financially, you have a couple of choices. You know, you can either perhaps talk with your siblings, you know, set aside a little bit of money to help out mom and dad. If they do need your support, you know, talk about whether you're willing to let mom and dad move in with you, or you can basically prepare yourself emotionally for having to say no. I can't, you know, I, 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 you know, I did try to have these conversations. Um, I wanted to be able to make a plan, but I'm just not at a point in my life financially that I can help you out. You know, I can point you to some resources, mom and dad, where you might be able to get some assistance, but I have to look out for my own financial well-being. I have to look out for my kids. They are my priority, just like I was your priority at one point. And, you know, I, I, I would love to help you, but but I can't. And, and it's so tough. That's so hard, right? It is so hard. It is so hard, but you can't, you can't ruin your own finances. Yeah. You can't because then your kids' finances are going to be ruined taking care of you. And you just don't want to do that to your own kids. And so, you know, like, like if you have kids, you know, you tell them you made your bed. Now you have to, you know, lie in it. I mean, it's tough to say that to your parents, but if they weren't willing to talk to you, they weren't willing to do anything to improve their finances. And now they're coming to you saying, Hey, I need your help. Right. Well, let me point you to these resources. Yeah. Yeah. That can help. That hurts, but man, you gotta, you do, you do have to look out for yourself. And I see a lot of, a lot of my friends are getting to the point where their parents are starting to, to age and they're starting to get into retirement homes and, and assisted living. And it's one of those things too, where you see them so emotionally drained because they didn't have these conversations earlier. And that's the piece that I think is is so important about everything you're sharing is have that conversation very early because yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it feels weird. Yes, you might not hear information you want to hear. <laughs> that also kind of sucks. We don't want to hear that. But it, it prevents a lot of that emotional burden later. And that's the time where I mean, most of the time, it's like your kids are really busy, they're active in sports, they're in activities, and it's almost the worst time for you to have to deal with that extra layer of stuff. And so I think it's so important. When your mom, you mentioned, went to the assisted living, um, taking a little bit of a tangent here, but do you have any tips to maintain your, I guess, your your sanity and your mental health there when you're dealing with that transition? You know, the harder transition was... um, it's it's all been difficult, to be honest. I think the harder transition was when she, when I had to talk her into selling her house mm. and and moving into with me. The key thing here is to to focus on the positives, especially if you have a parent who you see needs to move out of their home because there is um, there is dementia or physically they just cannot get around that house anymore. They can't get up the stairs. They can't keep it maintained. They can't even get in and out of the shower because it's not, you know, set up for them to access it. Um, you know, if, if there is a situation where the parents really need to move because of a situation, because mentally or physically, they just can't do that. Focus on all the positives of moving. You don't want to point out, you know, mom and dad, I can, you know, see you're having trouble, you want to say, and this is what I did with my mom, you know, mom, I, I know, I know you love your garden. Well, guess what? 
if you move into my house, you can help me work in my yard every single day. I would love to have you help me do this. Mom, and actually, I was fortunate at my house that I had, we had, um, there was like, there were actually two apartments in it. And so she had her own apartment. Um, Mom, you've got your you've got your own place. So you cool. can decorate it the the way you want to. You've got a balcony. You can still, you know, have your friends over, and you can spend more time with me and the kids. I focused on all the positives to make it. And of course, it was still hard. She didn't want to have to leave her house. That was difficult for her. But by focusing on the positives, I think it made it a little easier. By the time I needed to move her into assisted living, I would have the conversation she would forget it. Yeah. And so I would say, you know, mom, you know, I'm, I'm going to be moving you into someplace new where you can get better care around the clock, you know, but it didn't matter. She yeah. wasn't going to remember it. And actually, when I did move her though, it was really easy. You know, she says, Oh, so, okay. I'm living here now. And I said, yes, you are. And that was that. Wow. You know, that was that I was lucky, you know, she wasn't, fighting me, you know, but there was a woman I interviewed for my book and her father really needed to be in assisted living and she had been trying to talk him out of it. And so she was an accountant. And basically what she did is she created a spreadsheet showing him the cost of the assisted living facility, the cost of the house and how much it was costing them to maintain it and showed him it's not going to cost you anymore if you move. And once he did move, he, he said to her shortly afterward, Oh my God, gosh, this is great. They do my laundry for me. I don't have to worry about anything. I should have listened to you sooner. So, That's you know, awesome. it's, it's not necessarily going to go badly when you have these conversations. Of course, there are going to be parents who are going to say, don't ever put me in a home. Never, ever, yes. ever. And then, you know, if they refuse and refuse and push back, you know, you might want to point out to them, okay, you don't want to live in a nursing home. You don't want to be in a assisted living facility. What can we do to make sure you can afford care in your home? What can we do to make sure you can stay in your home? Yeah. You might need to move now to a one-story house. You might have to get a special bathroom that's fitted to, you know, for you. You know, and, and you do need to realize, mom and dad, dad, you're a woman, I'm a woman. Dad, if you need care that and I'm your caregiver, that means I'm going to be the one who's taking care of everything. I'm right. going to be the one who's giving you a shower. Yeah. I'm going to be the one who's dressing you. And I don't think people even think about that. They'll no, be you're like, right. they don't. wait, wait, what? What? My, <laughs> my daughter, <laughs> my son is going to be giving me a bath. My adult daughters, you know, a That's lot of times, a great point. you know, and you don't want to, you know, and I'm not trying to say that you want to use scare tactics. You no, know, sure. this is. And, and, you know, that's kind of more of the last result type of conversation, but just making your par parents aware of what that sort of care actually entails that, you know, yeah. you know, mom and dad, I want to be able to help you out, but this is going to be a full-time job and I have a job mm -hmm. and, you know, I have kids to support. I might not be able to take off that many hours from work to take care of you. So let's, you know, let's figure out, you know, let's look at your budget. Let's look at your assets and see, can we afford to pay for someone to help you out? You know, maybe, maybe mom can't help you out because she's going to be too frail and she won't be able to help you get in and out of bed or up and down the stairs. Um, it's a good point. You know, it just goes back to planning. The conversations aren't easy. The conversations about moving about, um, you know, long-term care there, they certainly aren't easy. Um, you know, but the nice thing about having these conversations sooner rather than later is you're talking about what if scenarios. That's right. When I started having the conversation with my mom, it wasn't a what if. It was, 
oh my gosh, I can see that you're having trouble remembering things. And, and I didn't want to have to be the one to tell her that, that I could see she was having memory problems. Mm. And so I was, I wasn't afraid to talk to her about her finances. I was afraid to let her know that I could see she was having trouble remembering and that. And so, so talking about the what ifs are so much easier than saying, Hey, we've got a problem. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I could see that too. And then once once your parents are maybe to the point where they're in care, it, do you have any suggestions for, I mean, I obviously visit often, so that way you can see if they are actually truly being cared for. But it, are there any other ways or any other like red flags just to watch out for if parents are in care? You know, here's something you could do too. Um, certainly asking if you're going to have that long-term care conversation with your parents, you might suggest to your parents, hey, mom and dad, why don't you check out the places here in town or in the near, near you know, the surrounding towns? Yep. Check them out and let me know which one you would prefer, which one looks best for you, what's going to fit in your budget. Because if we get to the point and you need care, I want to put you in a place where you want to be. Right. Um, and that might seem a little bit weird, but, you know, that I, makes sense. I'm, you know what? I'm going to do that for my kids. You know, yeah. I'm, I am, I am planning for the fact that I might need long-term care someday. I don't want my kids to take care of me, but you know, certainly if, if they haven't made that decision already and they need care, if you're going to go around and search, um, there are plenty of resources online, um, where you can go and, and, you know, find out about, assisted living facilities, memory care facilities, nursing home facilities, you know, the Medicare site actually has information about nursing facilities and, and they have lots of tips on what to look for, but go unannounced before you even pick a place for your parents and you want to tour them, show up unannounced because you want to see what's going on on a regular basis. Hey, I'm here to check out your facility because I might need to move my mom here. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you go, if you go unannounced, you know, they're not going to have everything spiffed up and looking perfect for you. You're going to see what it's really like. And you want to pay attention to things like, you know, are there, you know, are, are there, you know, people wandering around who are unattended? Do you see, um, you know, I mean, common sense things, you know, very, just very common sense things, you know, and if you're, if you have a parent with dementia and you're going to a facility, you know, if it's a memory care facility, the doors to the exterior, to the outside, they need to be locked. Like wow. you need to be pressing a buzzer to get in, to be let in so that your parents just can't come and go. Um, and it needs to be easy for them to get around so they're not getting lost. You know, you want to make sure they're, you know, as a good ratio of caregivers to 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 the people who are living there, the residents. Um, you know, if there is a full-time nurse on staff. That's awesome. And what's even better is if they have a doctor they work with. My mom was in one facility for a while and there was a doctor who would come there. Like they contracted with this doctor and he would come there. I moved to, to a facility closer to my home. I no longer have that option, but they do have a, actually a nurse practitioner who will oh, cool. come and check up. And so, um, that makes it easier, you know, looking yeah. and, and like I said, there are, there are plenty of resources, online, like care.com, the Medicare site, you know, what to look for in these facilities. And, you know, when you go and check up on your parents, you know, ask questions, you know, you know, how's, how's my mom doing? You know, have you noticed any changes? Is she eating well? Um, you know, I noticed that she has this bruise. How did she get this bruise? Um, you know, I've noticed that, and, and you know, Smart. with a, you know, certainly with, <sighs> 
unfortunately with a parent with dementia, you do have to lower your standards. You know, if you show up and mom has food all over her shirt, don't think that they're doing a bad job necessarily because, you know, as the dementia progresses, you can't eat as well. And so they're, they're bound to drop food on Mm. their shirt. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they're neglecting your parents. If they, if you show up right after lunch and there are stains on the shirt, don't, you know, it is, it is the way it is, you know? And, um, but you know, a lot of it, you know, some of it is common sense, but there are, there are, you know, if you just go online and Google, you know, what to look for in an assisted living facility. There's lots of information out there. Yeah. Wow. This has been such an incredible conversation. I know it's a tough one and I appreciate even you sharing your experiences too, because I know that that sucks and that's not easy to deal with. So I'm, I'm grateful that you were willing to share some of your, your own personal experiences before we officially part ways, Cameron, and then talk about where people can find you. Are you down for some rapid fire questions? Okay. I say that hesitantly. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody does. I'm like such an evil person. I just laugh the the whole time. I'm like, ah, ha, ha. Okay. These are fun ones. I promise. Okay. My first question for you and much more lighthearted. What is one purchase that you have recently made that has made your life better? A Roomba. Oh, like those those little robot vacuum cleaners. I had it on today. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. We got it on. We got it at a discount on Amazon Prime Day. That thing has been awesome. And it actually works really well. It wor- it works. Like, is it is it like, we didn't get the most expensive version. Yeah. Okay. Because we're not going to spend that much money on it. But for what we paid, it does really well. Good to hear. Okay. That's awesome. So I'm personally obsessed with people's morning routines. I just think they're so interesting. So what is your current morning routine? Well, because I have kids... It's centered around my kids. I get up at 5:40 or 6, 5:45 or 6, and I make some coffee and I typically make lunch for my youngest child. My daughters can make their own lunch and then I take one of my three kids to school. The other two ride with their dad because they all go to different schools. And then I come back home and I say, "Oh my gosh, it's nice and quiet. Now I can start doing work." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes. The the quiet piece is probably almost eerie. I can imagine it's like, wow, it's so quiet in here. <laughs> it's <right>. awesome. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. The next question I have for you is what is one location you're dying to travel to? Hawaii. Oh, any specific island? No, like anywhere in Hawaii. And and you've been to Hawaii, haven't you? I have. I love okay. it there. So, so I need your tips. Um, no, I just, I really, like everyone in my family, we all want to go to Hawaii. Oh, make it happen. Flights are getting cheaper there too, finally. All yes, right. maybe. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Last question for you. This could be a fun one. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? Having a plan. Like I think you... Uh, you know, you can get by just paying your bills and doing what you're doing, but you're not going to get ahead without a plan. Mm-hmm. You're not. And, and that, you know, it can start with using that online calculator, to figure out how much you should actually be saving for your retirement, not just guessing. It can be creating a plan to pay off your debt, because if you're just paying the minimum, you know, that credit card bill is never going to get paid off, you know, and figuring out what your goals are so that you can figure out what steps you need to take to reach them. So important to have a plan if you actually want to get ahead and not just get by. 
Ooh, love it. Okay, Cameron, I know everybody should get their hands on your book so we can start to have meaningful money conversations with our parents. So where do we go to learn more about you and to purchase your book? You can go to CameronHuddleston.com. There's more information about me. There's link to my the social media sites that I am on. And there is a page with information about my book and links to the places where you can buy it, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And I have free resources, including a downloadable fill-in-the-blank in case of emergency organizer that you can give to your parents and have them provide all the information about their finances so they don't have to tell you. Just say, hey, mom and dad, I'd love it if you could fill this out. Put it someplace safe and tell me where to get it and under what circumstances I can get it. Oh, love it. Cameron, that is killer. And what an awesome resource. I appreciate you sharing that with us all too. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing. I've truly learned a lot. I have like pages of notes here. So I'm I'm personally excited. This is very impactful for the stage of my life as well. Um, so thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you. I've had a great time. Okay, what'd you think? I love this episode. I think it's one of the most important conversations we will ever have. And because this is such a thing that is going to impact almost everybody listening at some point in our lives, if we're lucky enough, I think it's really important to have these conversations well in advance when your parents are able to contribute meaningfully to the conversation, when the emotions are at its lowest, and when you can rationally think through what do you actually want to have happen with your parents, with your own life, how do you navigate that stuff, how much can you financially contribute, it's all really important stuff. Guys, if you have enjoyed this episode and you have not yet supported our sponsor, please go check them out. Outlier.org is incredible. They're doing some really good work in making education more affordable. So I highly suggest you go check out all of their information and sign up for their class if you're going back to school yourself. All right, that is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. I love you. And I hope you're having a great week. And I will see you guys on Friday for Five Tip Friday or next week for a very normal episode of the Money Nerds podcast. Bye.